0: Good morning, everybody. That was, like, super cheery. Thank you. Good morning. Wow. Wait. What an amazing, what an amazing morning this has already been. I can't even, it's good stuff. Good to be here. And we have exciting things happening. This new app that's coming out. You guys, the staff has already been playing with it, and I do mean playing. Um, it's going to be fun. It's all good stuff. Can I please just give you guys, I am so proud of you for pushing through that lost hour of sleep, and here you are. Yay. Yes. Good job. Good job, everybody. Online community, I'm proud of you, too. I am. I mean, there you are. I hope you're in pajamas eating waffles, but I'm glad you're here. Listen, listen, listen. We are off. It is funny. It's simple. It's deep. It will step all over your toes, and you will be glad it did. If you haven't had your toes stepped on at some point during this series, then I I just I, I gotta think you haven't been listening, okay? Because I mean this is stuff that we all struggle with. We've talked about talking about um being easily offended. Being angry, bitter, quick to judge, needing to be right all the time, having the last word, controlling everything. This is hard stuff. One of my friends texted me last week and and said, is this series written for me? And I said, no, it's written for me. So, I mean, this is one of those series that is definitely, for the teaching team, one of those preach to yourself kind of things. Um, But I... I am glad that we can be vulnerable together, you know, that we can just look at this stuff and go, oh, yep, there it is. I love that we can do that as a church family, and we, we have to talk about one more hard thing today. We got to talk about Forgiveness. Now, Joel touched on it last week when he said forgiveness is the antidote for bitterness. And I hope that you have spent some time thinking about that. About that. Um, I, I believe that's true. I do. I also believe it's it's difficult. I mean, we can say all the right things that we're, you know, we're we're giving this to God. We are choosing not to be offended. We can put on a... And else address dress and spin around and sing let it go <laughs> but it is still we could struggle to forgive it is hard sometimes it seems impossible all right we're going to do a little exercise everybody hands in your lap nobody answers out loud okay is there someone in your life you struggle to forgive like, did anybody's face pop into your mind? Keep it to yourself. Okay? I'm guessing that most of us can think of someone. I know I can. I hate that. But it's true. The thing is, I, I actually love this person. I mean, I really do. I'm not just saying that. Not only that... I actually like them. You know how you can love somebody and not like them all the time? I actually love and like this person, but sometimes it's, oh, it's, have you ever heard of EGR's extra grace required? Okay, that is, that's this person. It's like, oh, are are you going to say that? Are you going to do that? Are you going to drag me in the middle of it again? And it's frustrating. And I am ashamed to say that I, I really struggle to forgive them sometimes. But <clears throat> I love Jesus. I'm following him. So I am trying. Paul, the Apostle Paul, he, he knew about this stuff. He wrote a letter to his friends in Ephesus encouraging them to, well, to grow up, to become mature followers of Jesus. He said, look, look, I know you used to live one way, but you know a different way now, a better way. He wrote, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like God truly righteous and holy. He went on to say, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Part of growing up is dealing with all those difficult feelings and forgiving each other, even the EGRs, especially the EGRs. So, here's the thing. I want to grow up. Now, Now, don't get me wrong, I have a Lego amusement park in my home office, okay? And you see that empty spot where the cat is? That's where the new roller coaster is going in. I'm not talking about that, kind of growing up. That is never going to happen. But I want to grow up spiritually because the Christian life is dynamic. We should be growing and learning and changing and stretching and practicing over and over the way of Jesus every day. None of us are finished. So I listened to a Tim Keller message this weekend. Oh man, this hit me hard and I thought I I just got I got to bring this to you. All right, he said, <clears throat> no Christian should ever walk around saying, I've got it together. I've got it nailed. I understand everything. You don't. You shouldn't look at them and say, what idiots? You should be saying, how am I being an idiot right now? Because Christians are always being idiots at some point in their lives. There's always some way in which your normal way, your world's way, your pride and your eager, ego way of thinking is actually obscuring the way you ought to be living. As a result, Christians should be humble. They shouldn't be smug, and they shouldn't be arrogant. So maybe um, one of our new spiritual disciplines is just to prayerfully ask, how am I being an idiot right now? Because I think, you know, that would probably diffuse a lot of situations if we all did that. And so I've been thinking about that. And then lately I, I've, I've been praying that and, and for the Holy Spirit to renew My thoughts and my attitudes so that I could see new ways to think and behave and new ways to love and forgive. The the great thing is when you ask the Holy Spirit for something like that, you get it. Like he shows you. It is really cool. So today, I just want to share with you a few things that I am learning about forgiveness And I want to share just a couple of tools that I have picked up recently that are helping me in case you find them useful too. Does that sound good? All right. Well, that's what we're going to do. So first, when I was starting this, I wanted a better understanding of forgiveness. Of forgiveness because it's one of those things that seems simple and you think you know what it is until you try to pin it down. Well, I'm a nerd, I love science, so I started poking around. And I stumbled on to a whole series of interviews with noted clinical so- psychologist, Dr. Charlotte Vanoyan whitley who also, get this, happens to be a devoted follower of Jesus. And she and her whole team, they have done a ton of research and even lab work on forgiveness. It is really, really interesting stuff. And I love how she defines it. Okay, listen to this. Just take a breath. Listen. I define forgiving as a process of responding to the person who's responsible for one's experience of a hurtful injustice in which the forgiver relinquishes resentment and retaliation toward that person for that wrongdoing while genuinely wishing that person well in positive transformation. Now, I know that's a lot to chew on. She's a professor. We're not in school. So let's unpack it a little, okay? So she's saying when we forgive, we forgive when our response to someone who hurt us is to let go of resentment, Give up any payback and genuinely hope and pray for that person to be changed. Now, there's a couple of things to remember that go along with that. Forgiveness doesn't mean the absence of accountability, it doesn't mean putting yourself at greater risk, and it takes time to process. Like like grief, it's not a one and done thing, it takes time to unfold, time to heal, time to build back trust. And you may, you may even want some professional help, like a really good therapist or a counselor to help you walk through some of that. It isn't easy. But if it makes you feel any better, <laughs> it's never been easy. Even the disciples who walked around with Jesus, mm-hmm, they had a hard time with it too. Listen. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, How often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? (laughs) No. (laughs) Not seven times, Jesus replied. But 70 times seven. And you can almost picture Peter starting to do the math. Because right away, Jesus launched into a story to help him understand. It is a great story. And I I want to read it to you. This is a warning. I don't want to alarm anyone. I am reading from the New King James Version. And I know that is very, very unusual for me. But there is some very specific language that I want to show you in that translation. We will be okay. All right. I promise y'all. Are you ready? Are you ready? This is the parable of the unforgiving servant. Therefore. The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me. I will pay you all. And he would not. But he went and he threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved. and, And they came and they told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant! I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. I know, right? It's heavy. Now, I don't know if you've heard this story before, but I have always heard it taught like a, um, well, a guilt trip. You know, just a guilt trip. Like, Hey, that guy, he was forgiven this huge amount, and then he couldn't forgive this other guy, this little piddly amount. Well, don't be that guy. Don't don't be a jerk, you know, and that's how I've always heard it, and there's, there's some truth to that for sure, but I, I found something when I was studying for this. I got to show you guys because it just, it changed things for me. Now, bear with me again. You know, I don't know what's happening today, but we're doing unusual things. We're gonna get a little mathy, which I assure you is also very, very unusual for me. But I'm gonna try to make it as fun as can be, all right? So we are gonna have Bible math with Shelley. <laughs> all right. So in the story, the servant owed the king 10,000 talents, and another guy owed the servant one hundred denari, and that means absolutely nothing to us. Doesn't mean doesn't, doesn't means nothing to us. Even when Bible translators try to like stick little dollar amounts in there, it doesn't work very well because inflation skews things. We we know this, right? We know this. Today's hundred is tomorrow's thousand. So none of those things quite work, but there's another way to look at this that kind of makes more sense. We look at a day's wage. So scholars and historians have determined that one denarius equals one day's wage, and one talent equals 6,000 denarii. So one talent is worth 6,000 days of work. <sighs> okay, that helps a little, but still <laughs> my eyes are like, Brew. so let's, let's try to, let's find something else. I looked at ZipRecruiter, which is a highly reputable source very scholarly, but I did. I looked at ZipRecruiter, and they reported that as of January 2023, the average daily wage for the Hamilton, Ohio area, right where we sit and right where we live, is $208 a day. Now, listen, I don't know where you fall in there, and sometimes it is best not to think about it too much, but this is the number that we're going to use, okay? So, this is the number we can relate to this. This is us, 208. We're gonna plug that number into our story, and let's see what happens. So let's say the servant made 208 dollars a day. So with our numbers, one talent equals one million two hundred and forty-eight thousand dollars. That's a that's a lot, right? That's a lot. But how much did the servant owe the king? (laughs) Ten thousand talents. That is. Twelve billion four hundred eighty million dollars is twelve and a half billion dollars. And honestly, when I found this out, all I can think of is that is a Scrooge McDuck mountain of money. I mean, that like that is huge. That wh- what was this guy doing? To drive up that kind of debt. Did he embezzle? Was it a a failed Ponzi scheme? Did he hit FanDuel on his phone too many times? I mean, what? Because that is a crazy number, y'all. That is an outrageously huge amount of money to owe somebody. I mean, nobody, nobody is paying that back. But the servant begged and he pleaded. And what happened? What did the king do? The king was moved with compassion He forgave him the Scrooge McDuck mountain of debt. It was a massive bailout. How relieved and how grateful do you think that that you would be? I mean, can you even imagine? But what did the guy do next? Yeah, he found one of his co-workers who owed him money, grabbed him by the throat, and threw him in prison. And we read this story and we think, what a jerk. And, I mean, he was. And that might be part of the point. But there's a nuance There's a nuance that we miss. And honestly, guys, I didn't see this until I was studying for this message. And it blew my mind. Look how much the other guy owed the servant. 100 denarii. That doesn't sound like much. But you plug in our numbers. That's $20,800. Now, I don't know about you. That 's a lot of money I'm, i mean if if someone I, i'm guessing most of us couldn't shrug that off right if, if somebody owed me and my husband Randy uh, of twenty grand we would we would feel it that would affect our budgets, that would hit our grocery bill that would we would have to tighten things up a little that is for sure, but what if What if more than one person owed us that much? What if five people owed us 20 grand? What if if six? What if seven? I mean, that can really add up. Can we just sit with that for a moment? I spent a lot of time Thinking about this. And I love the fact that Jesus picked 20 grand. You know, I love the fact that he didn't make it five bucks. He didn't make it a piddly little amount. It wasn't something small. It's like he recognizes this is hard for us. This is going to affect us. But we're still called to forgive. Even when it 's twenty grand, so I mean, how do we do that? instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. we boy, it's hard to let go of this stuff on our own we We need to lean on the holy Spirit 's power to help us, and maybe some of our new spiritual Practices are to ask, where am I being an idiot and where am I being a jerk right now? Because we need help with this stuff because it's, it's hard. Going back to Dr. Van and Whitfleet's work, she has three practical steps that she suggests to help work through this process. And if you are a kind of a tangible, practical, nuts and bolts person like I am... Um, maybe you'll find this helpful because I have been using this, and you guys, it really really does help me. So she says the first step, focus on the humanity of the person. I know that sounds a little weird, but we can lose sight of this, um, especially when we're hurt and angry. But that person who wronged you is a human being who was created by God, In his image, just like you were. And God loves them as much as he loves you. And sometimes when we're hurt and angry, that's easy to forget. Especially if the wound is traumatic. But they are a human. And then the next step, think about that wrongdoing as evidence that things aren't right. Something in that person is is just, it's misaligned with God's plan for their life. This isn't what God wanted. That person needs to experience God's grace and transformation. Chances are you do too. And the final expert level step, pray for transformation. Jesus said, love your enemies, Pray for those who persecute you. Pray that they change. Know that we can't make them. And that can be the hard part sometimes, can it? Forgiveness can be hard. And sometimes it's impossible, but it's the way that we're called to live. And you remember what happened to the servant when the king found out what he did? He was thrown in prison because he didn't get it, he missed out on the grace. And sometimes we do too. Do you remember that person that I said I have a hard time forgiving? She's actually here today. She is on this stage. See, sometimes I have a really hard time. Forgiven myself. And it is just the craziest thing. It's like, oh, Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy. Thank you. Thank you for forgiving my Scrooge McDuck mountain of debt. I am so grateful. I love you so much. Thank you. Now I am just going to go chain myself to this wall and torture myself by playing it in the loop in my head for the next 20 years. Don't mind me. And I mean, it's it's crazy. It makes no sense. It's like, yeah, God's grace and His mercy. It's it's good. It's it's good, but maybe it's just not quite good enough. I'm gonna have to punish myself first. (laughs) It reminds me of this show that I was watching the other day. I'm gonna show you some screenshots. So this lady was involved in a dispute. She was taken to the police station, and they put her in a holding cell. And she was upset. I mean, understandably, right? But just a few minutes later, the cop came back, and he unlocked the door. He opened it, and he said, hey, everything's taken care of. You're free to go. But the the lady just stayed in the cell. And then her best friend came running in, and she threw herself onto the bars and they were holding each other through the jail bars and they were crying and saw me like, this is the worst thing ever, oh, this is so terrible. And the guy, and the cop is just standing there like, um, the door is open. And It was so funny and I was watching, I was like, oh, that's so, oh, oh. Because I think that this is me and Jesus sometimes. I am just replaying every stupid thing I've ever said and done, and I'm holding on to those bars for dear life, going, oh, this is woe is me. This is so terrible. And Jesus is standing there like, um, Shelly, the door is open. And it and it sounds like a goofy Shelly problem, but it's actually a serious issue I'm working on because. The more insecure I am, the harder it is to show grace to others. Brant Hansen puts it this way. It's no wonder we're so uptight, so unwilling to be graceful toward people, so quick to be offended, and so lightning fast to justify our offense as righteous anger. If we're insecure in our own position with God, There's no way we can begin to relax, not even for a moment. We simply must be vigilant. We humans can't save ourselves, but we want to be our own saviors. And many of us would rather go down on our own terms than be humble. It's that simple, and it's that tragic. I don't, I don't want to try to save myself. I, I don't have the energy for it. I really just don't. And I'm not good at it. So I just I, stop, you know? And so with, with that in mind, when all this was like, oh, I started putting myself through those forgiveness steps that I had learned and so now when I find myself struggling to accept God's grace because that's what it boils down to I remember I am a human I'm <laughs> just a human being I am made in God's image I'm loved by him but I'm still I'm I'm a human and I notice when I am struggling that is evidence that something isn't right. I I have pulled myself out of alignment with God. and So I pray for that transformation. I pray that spirit will renew my thoughts and attitudes and, and help pull me back into alignment, helping me fully accept God's grace and mercy. Because how? How can I extend grace? unless I fully receive it. I know some of you have suffered great injustice. I know. I am truly sorry. I am so sorry for that. But I also know that God doesn't want his children to live in prisons of anger and bitterness and resentment. He's called us to freedom. Jesus said, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The door is open. So let me ask you, um, is there someone you need to forgive? Or do you need to ask forgiveness for someone Have you fully accepted God's forgiveness yourself? Those are big questions. No easy answers. (laughs) No one and done. But we can start practicing together if we want. That's our choice. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for loving us. So much that you forgive us a Scrooge McDuck Mountain of debt. Thank you. Thank you for opening the door and drawing, drawing us into your love. Father, I pray today you would help us to fully accept your love, your grace, and your mercy, and to turn around and pour that out onto others. Help us to do that. Help us to do that today and tomorrow, and the next day, and the next, and every day until our last breath. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.